Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Light Up the D, a public affairs program focusing on the people and businesses that make the wheels turn in Detroit. Now, here are your hosts, Colleen Grant and Kirby Gwynn. Welcome back to another episode of Light Up the D, where we share stories that uplift, entertain from the Metro and 313. I am your host, Kirby Gwen, joined today by my co-host, Colleen Grant. How are you? Good morning, Kirby. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing well. And I'm very excited to talk to our very first guest today on the show, who is the communications manager of Detroit Action. Now, Detroit Action is a community-based organization. Detroit Action is a community-based organization fighting for political power and economic justice for working-class Black and Brown Michiganders. Our guest today claims himself as an Eastsider through and through, and he manages press relations, digital strategy, and helps elevate Detroit Action's value in the media. In addition to this role. He is a pop culture staff writer for Blavity, where he writes about the intersection of Black culture and pop culture. Please welcome Kenny Williams Jr. Welcome to the show. Thank you all so much. I am so excited to be here. I'm a little nervous, so if I stumble or sound crazy, I'm that family. (laughs) Yes, yes. Um, I appreciate y'all for the opportunities. I'm happy to be here. Yeah, we're happy to have you. So why don't we just start off, give us a little bit more information about Detroit Action and uh, some of the aid work you've been doing to support Detroiters through the pandemic, Kenny. Yeah, so um, Detroit Action, we're a grassroots member-led organization fighting for political power, racial and economic justice for working class Michiganders. And, you know, we have this um, really cool mutual aid program where we are helping out Detroiters in need during this pandemic. You know, when the pandemic hit, it affected so many people um, across Detroit, so many people in the world, but, you know, we're focusing on Detroiters right now. And we noticed that people really needed us. People needed support. So we unveiled our mutual aid in which we are helping out people by giving them funds, just, you know, whether it's to survive or to just take care of necessities that they might need. You know, mutual aid is when people get together to meet each other's basic survival needs with a shared understanding that the systems we live under are not going to meet our needs and we can do it together right now. Um, Mutual aid projects are a form of political participation in which people can take responsibility for caring for one another and changing political conditions. So, you know, we so we took our mutual aid and we really wanted to move money to low and no income black and brown folks who are subject to higher scrutiny. You know, we wanted um it to be an ease of access for them because we understand that there's a digital divide. So we wanted to focus on like a quick turnaround time for applicants. We wanted to focus on privacy. Um, We wanted to really ensure that mutual aid applicants see themselves as future members of Detroit Action. And that was really important for us. Um, So we we put a lot of time into this. Um, We have intake staff, people who are like really holding down the reins. 
Um, like our operations manager, um, Kadeja Navarate, our uh, managing director, Laura Misumi, they are really holding down these things and just really making sure that, you know, Detroiters are getting what they need during this time. So it's been a long process, but, you know, it's we're here and we're hoping people are, you know, happy. Like you said, you guys certainly are there. You guys are definitely doing the work. You recently had the virtual neighborhood summit. Um, can you tell us a little bit about that? Expand on that for our listeners as well as give us a little sneak peek into the type of cultural organizing that we can see you guys doing in the future. Yeah, yeah. So we had our 2020 Neighborhood Summit and it's still available on our Facebook page, um, the recap video. So if you all or anyone wants to see, please feel free to take a look at Detroit Action on Facebook. But our 2020 Neighborhood Summit was very important this year because, you know, as you all know, we're fighting two pandemics right now in this country, mm-hmm. COVID-19 and racism, um, one of which has been alive much longer than we know of COVID-19. So, you know, with COVID-19, when that hit, we had to switch to a completely digital bottom line for all of our events and everything else. And that included our 2020 Neighborhood Summit. So this was pivotal for us. We had to show our members, you know, we had to show our community that we're still here. It's just digital. So we had speakers um, like Senator Elizabeth Warren, um, Representative Rashida Tlaib, um, Ayanna Presley, Representative Ayanna Presley, and we also had local people like Tina Bina, who is a rapper from Southwest Detroit and a um, friend of our organization who helps us out a lot. And we also had, I don't know if y'all watch Insecure, but we had- Oh, do we watch Insecure? <laughs> <laughs> I am Team Lawrence, side, um, side jab. But um, <laughs> we have the actor who plays Issa's brother. His name is John Ellie. And um, wow. he was one of the speakers too, who um, submitted a video. So it was really cool. And that was kind of some of the cultural organizing thing that we're trying to- you know, really push forward um, in upcoming events. But yeah, and I'll get to that in a second, but the Neighborhood Summit was really important for us to come together and unveil our mission to really just keep fighting on behalf of black and brown Detroiters, you know, in the future, no matter if we're going to be, you know, restricted to digital operations for the time being, or if we can magically go outside again. We just wanted to let our members know that we're still here and we're going to keep fighting. And, you know, that's just that, so... Hey, Kenny, you said you can still see that on Facebook, right? Uh, yeah. Can you repeat where they can find it? Is It was just Detroit Action on Facebook, right? Yep. Our um, Facebook page is, is just Detroit Action, so you should be able to find us. Okay, great. Just in case uh, somebody wants to go back and look like uh, look at that, it sounds like it was awesome. Right. Hey, so, uh, you know, that's a really awesome event. You said, you know, uh, there are other things that you might be doing that you're organizing. What kinds of things are coming up? Well, so, you know, we're inching closer and closer towards um, the Michigan primary and the um, November election. So when we think of cultural organizing, we're really trying to not only tap into a younger audience, but we're really trying to tap into people who might just who might not care about voting, period, or who might not care about politics, so one thing I will I'll start by mentioning one thing that we've done in the past to kind of, you know, lead us into what we're trying to do in the future. But one thing that we've done in the past is we've collaborated with our friend who I mentioned earlier in the conversation, Tina Bina. Um, she's a rapper from Southwest Detroit. And we had an Instagram live conversation with her and our youth organizer, Devante. That conversation was so cool. Um, Tina Bina, she has a really huge platform on Instagram. So so her people came and our people came and it was a dynamic conversation 
on, you know, voter registration and filling out the census and how Tina Bina is using her platform to really, you know, draw people in issues. Um, so it was a really cool. So moving forward, we'd like to do more Instagram live sessions like that with influencers in the city. Um, you know, people who are artists, you know, I just have to be a rapper or a singer, but we would love to collaborate with people who have big platforms and are willing to you know, um, that we're trying to get across. That's, uh, that's great that you're getting, um, younger people more involved who might not necessarily, um, you know, find their interests in that vein. It's really important for people from a young age to know that it's important to be involved in their community. So, uh, we appreciate that, that you're doing that for them. It's, um, we, we want to build a home for people who are, who may be unsure about politics or who probably, don't quote unquote care at the moment. We want to build a home for them to feel comfortable about politics, to feel comfortable about being knowledgeable about these things. So we want people in. We're a family. So how did um, Detroit Action, uh, you know, how did that digital shift come about during the pandemic? Because you've talked a lot, a lot about that that was a real adjustment that you had to make. You know, how did how did you guys make that um, sh dynamic shift for your organization. Yeah, so it started with our, actually, I know this is airing, I know this will be a Sunday by the time this airs, but they happened, there was one this week, if I'm talking about in the past tense, on a Thursday, where we talked about endorsements, but they're by, um, you know, they're more information on our Facebook pages, or our Instagram, or social media, period. But we started with our Teletown Halls, and we, at first, when we started these, we started off giving them we started off wanting to utilize them in a way where our members and people in the community can hear about federal, state, and local updates on COVID-19 or responses to COVID-19 from the federal, state, and local level, actually, um, from leaders like the Lieutenant Governor, um, Brenda Lawrence, Rashida Tlaib. So that's how we started it off, because we wanted our members to understand that, yes, this horrible pandemic is happening, you know, it's here, but we're still going to do our due diligence and try to keep you as informed as possible about what people are doing, you know, about this ravaging disease that's really affecting black and brown communities at a disproportionate rate. So that's how we started off. And we've been doing those um, ever since the pandemic hit. And they've been well attended. Um, we have our members make... Um, you know, list of demands to the speakers who are there to just really kind of not only hold them accountable, to, but, but to really let them know, like, what they want as members, what Detroiters want. And I think it's, you know, it's been well received and the reception has been great. Hey, you, um, you know, transition transitioned from Good Jobs Now. Um, talk about the strides that you've made throughout that transition and moving forward. Yeah, so I started um, like six months ago. It's so crazy. I started six months ago when we were Detroit Action, and I wasn't really here for the Good Jobs Now transition, but some of the strides that I've been able to see us make is, you know, building relationships with people in the community like Tina Bina, um, who have these big platforms, us holding dynamic digital events like our Juneteenth event that we held where we talked about what defunding the police could look like and that was super well attended and we gave a great presentation. Our organizing director Jennifer Disla and our campaigns director Rod Adams gave a super cool presentation and that is also on Facebook as well if you guys want to go back and look. So really the strides that I have seen are just you know being persistent 
successfully persistent in making sure that, you know, our members are taken care of and our members are knowledgeable about what's going on. Because at the end of the day, that's the most important, that our members feel like that they're aware and our members know that we're here to support them. And from what I've seen, you know, that's that's the um, what's been happening. So it's really cool. Defund the police is a huge topic on the table right now, conversation. Um, Kenny, how can we build a more just society? So we can build a more just society by centering the most impacted. And centering the most impacted is one of Detroit Action's values. So, and when I say that, this is me speaking as Kenny, when I say, because this is my personal opinion on how we can build a more just society. But I feel that we can do that by centering the most impacted, which are, you know, black and brown communities, you know, women, you know, people from groups, people from marginalized groups who have always been forced to play second fiddle to, if I'm being quite frank, white men. So when we center those people who are marginalized, when we when we include them in conversations, when we when we make when we make it so that it's not when we make it so that we don't have to make statements like the first black person to do this or the first woman to do that. I think when that does not, I think when it becomes the norm to not use language like that because we're actually d- walking the walk of making sure that everyone has an equitable experience just in life. I think that's how we build a just society, um, in my personal opinion. If that made sense. Let's talk about rental relief for a second. Uh, how is Detroit Action helping the people of Metro Detroit who can't find a, uh, can't afford their rent right now during this pandemic? We are so we have been championing um, the extension of the moratorium that that is place because we know that people are being evicted and whatnot. So I don't know if you I don't know if you all have taken a look at our Facebook page in the following week, but we've had rental ads that really are calling to extend this moratorium for people to support extending this um, moratorium. And it what has been challenging for me to see is that there have been a lot of commenters from Detroit who might not be facing eviction, who might not be, you know, impacted by um, this stuff just making nasty comments suggesting that people should be kicked out. You know, there was this um, one statement that I saw recently said something about, you know, you all spend your money on crab legs and Gucci purses. So, you know, you should be evicted. And you know that, you know, and this person that commented, I was just so disgusted because you're placing blame on somebody for something that they have no control over really that person should have been placing blame on the system that is comfortable kicking people out of their homes, especially during a pandemic. So we've been running ads about that, um, just digital ads and whatnot. And we've been involved in press conferences where we've been prepping our members to speak. So, well, we have been joined by Kenny Williams today of Detroit Action. This has certainly been uh, one of my favorite conversations that we've had here on the on, uh, the show. Kenny, tell people how they can stay connected, how we can get involved in assisting Detroit Action with all the things that you guys have going on. Yes. So follow Follow us on social media. You know, on Facebook, we are just Detroit Action. But on Instagram and Twitter, we are Detroit underscore Action. So follow us on the socials. Um, Definitely check out our website, DetroitAction.org. And become a member. You know, email us at info at DetroitAction.org if there are things that you want to see, you know, happen with us. You know, there are things that we're not touching on that you feel like we should. You know, I think the most important way to get involved is to communicate with us because we 
you know, we're Detroit. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Action. So we want to communicate with Detroiters. We want to make sure that we're actually putting on for Detroit. So let us know. Um, if you want to reach out to me personally, my email address is Kenneth at DetroitAction.org. So reach out to me if there are some things that you'd like to see us do. You know, I would love to have a Zoom session, a phone call, a virtual coffee session. But we're trying to stay in communication with our um, black and brown Detroiters to make sure that we're still putting forth that action because we're about that action. So, Teddy Williams Jr., the communication manager of Detroit Action. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you all so much. I really appreciate this opportunity. Again, I'm still so excited. I'm like a kid in a candy store. Thank y'all. We really appreciate it. Our next guest today has been involved with Angels of Hope since 2010 and is currently responsible for executing the vision and mission of the Angels of Hope Foundation. The daughter of stage 3B esophageal cancer survivor, our guest has seen firsthand the effects of a cancer diagnosis can have on a family. Having attended and graduated from the University of Michigan, where she obtained her MBA with a concentration in organizational leadership, she is currently employed as a strategic account manager for iManage, the global leader in legal document management software. Please welcome to the show, Debbie Amatangelo. Hi, thank you so much for having me this afternoon. Oh, we're so glad you could join us, Debbie. Thank you so much. Let's just start by giving everybody an understanding um, of what Angels of Hope does. What, what, how do you serve the community? Sure. We are a 100% volunteer foundation who provides financial assistance to Michigan-based families as they fight cancer. So think things along the lines of mortgage payments, car payments, utilities, food, putting gas in the tank, um, and we even uh, help pay for final burial expenses for those who have lost their battle as well. And how does that, um, you know, when somebody needs help, uh, they've, they've um, found out their family member has cancer and they're struggling, um, you know, it, what have you seen um, are the things that have had the most effect on them um, and the ways that you've really been able to make a difference in people's lives? Listen, cancer is stressful, right? I think that we all at this point in our lives know somebody who has been unfortunately faced by it, and it's scary, and you're fighting not only for your life, but a lot of times it's the parent that's sick and they're missing work, um, and a lot of families are, you know, paycheck to paycheck, even in the best of times, and you remove that paycheck, and now they struggle to keep their roof over their head also while fighting for their lives. In other situations, it's when it's the child that's sick and the parent is missing a ton of work to take that child to treatment. So there's scare factors, no matter who it is that's sick in the family. There are a ton of financial implications that come along with a, with a cancer diagnosis, um, you know, whether that be the increase in medical bills or the, the increase. There's a lot of times that um, patients go to treatment far away from their home. So that's an additional gas expenditure that they're not used to. So it's things you don't really think of when you're blessed enough to not be in that situation. And the reality is, is that, you know, sometimes 
people don't win their battles. And there was a family that we helped last year. They were just the sweetest and most kind people. And the dad had to go to work every day. And their two-year-old boy um, was entering the final stages of his disease and had entered hospice care. Um, because of our assistance, we he was able to take time off work and spend his son's last three months with him. And then when his son did earn what we call their angel wings, we were able to help relieve the financial burdens of laying him to rest from the family as well. So, you know, it's it's not always happy endings. We love it when it is. And uh, we love to be there for our families when it's not as well. Well, yeah, because the thought of somebody not being with their child during during that time is just an impossible thought. It's, you know, you really have to have to be there. So um, and, you know, you really don't think about um, when that when that um terrible thing happens, you know, um, there are a lot of implications that just probably come up that people don't think about. Absolutely. Financial, emotional. I can't tell you how many times I've called a family to say, how can we help you? And they just burst into tears. And unfortunately, a lot of times when people don't know what to say, they say nothing. So it's a very isolating and scary time. You know, it, it, you can turn very inward. And so um, the, the organization as a whole, these people have become our friends. They have become our families. And it is our lives' greatest purpose to be able to help them as they battle this disease. What you guys are doing is truly amazing. And uh, as you just mentioned, so many people know someone who has fought this battle or who's going through this struggle. And you just uh, mentioned about your emergency financial assistance program. Can you tell us a little bit more about the program, how people can get connected with Angels of Hope if this is a need that they're seeking? Absolutely. So to start our application process, you do need to work with your hospital social worker or nurse navigator. They can help you to complete the um, application. We do require quite a bit of financial documentation because it is based on financial need. Um, and that is frankly, um, just to checks and balance to make sure that the families that we are helping um, are the ones that need the help, right? Because especially now in these times um, of COVID-19, our resources are more scarce than they would typically be uh, throughout a normal year. So you start by working with your hospital representative, go through the application process. We give you a couple of phone calls to walk through those pieces with you, and then the grant is awarded. However, we feel we can best help the family. And then all of those bills are paid directly to the creditor. So that makes sure, one, the, that the bills that are intended to get paid do get paid, but additionally, it removes that stress from the family of even needing to worry about paying the bills because we take care of it for them on, our, on their behalf. You guys do more than um, the financial assistance and relieving some of the stress. You do things that um, provide meaning to um, people who are suffering through cancer through their, to their life. Uh, and I'll, I'll talk about this example and would love for you to expound upon it, which is um, the day off from cancer. Give us an idea of uh, how that came about, what it is, and what it does for people who are, are going through um, uh, that disease. Yeah, we have um, fantastic relationships with some of the organizations within our community, be it the Detroit Tigers or the Detroit Pistons. So these are opportunities for families to, when there was sports anyhow, um, to go down and to enjoy a day of just being kids in the ballpark and, um, you know, great seats. We take care of the food and the parking for them. So, you know, when you're... Um, 
when you're a little bit back on money, these are the things that get cut, right? And these are the things that also are very important to keeping families whole during these times. So opportunities such as, you know, going to sporting events or concerts or, um, you know, Disney on ice, things like that. We also do throw a large holiday party. We did that at the Detroit Parade Company this year. We had Santa and his reindeer and a DJ and face painting and everything, uh, you know, under the sun. It was a great day. And it's just an opportunity for families to feel normal in what is a very unnatural and unnormal time for them. Can you tell us a little bit more about your volunteer work that you guys have uh, happening with Angels of Hope? I mean, I know it's important to the success of what you do. And also, is are there opportunities for people to volunteer with you guys currently? So Kirby, it's not just important, it's integral. It is, we are 100% volunteer. Not a single person in our foundation takes a paycheck. So when a a dollar is donated to us, 98.5 cents of that goes directly to our cause. The only overhead that we have is things like our website hosting fees and our auditing fees. So no salaries, no brick and mortar, um, none of the typical expenses that come along with a nonprofit. So to that end, we need an incredibly large army of volunteers which we call our army of angels because candidly we cannot run without our volunteers Um, we're all business executives we all have day jobs we're all quite busy and this is our life's greatest purpose and so anybody who is like-minded in that sense we not only welcome you to join us but we really need you to as well how many volunteers do you guys have uh, normally involved oh i would say a couple hundred in any given year it depends on what it is so our gala you know that's probably 50 or 60 volunteers right there. Our board is 12 people. We also have an uh, advisory council, which is another four people as well. So there's there's constantly events throughout the year that require different sets of volunteers. And um, some of them can be temporary, just a single day. And some of them are more uh, commitment, like our grant committee, for example. Those are the, the folks that work directly with the families to get them through the application process. That's more regular volunteering than somebody who's just volunteering at our gala. Yeah, I'm glad you kind of expounded upon that because I would think that there are a lot of different skill sets that you guys need in all the things that you do. So uh, if you're listening right now, you probably have a skill that you're really good mm-hmm. at that they could figure out a way, a way to employ employ you in their organization to help people. Absolutely. If you can do it, we will take it, whatever it is. (laughs) I'm actually really glad that you said that, Colleen, because it made me think, uh, given the current state that we're in and with the pandemic, do you find yourself needing new and unique types of volunteers? Or is there something special that you guys are really needing right now to help your organization that you haven't in the past? Yeah, that's quite interesting. The pandemic has really opened up um, a different can of worms for us. You know, I've mentioned our gala a couple of times now. Um, That was unfortunately scheduled for, I think it was March 21st. So it was about five days after the world kind of shut down um, and we were forced to unfortunately cancel that. And where that is traumatic for us is that that event raises about 60% of our funds for the year. So without those funds, we can't help the same number of families to the same scale that we typically would. So that has caused a unique um, issue in itself. We are charging forward with our golf outing, which will be in August since that's outdoors. And we feel that we can confidently and safely keep our attendees um, both involved and safe at the same time. So we do have um, some volunteer positions coming available for that. I think that's August 21st, if that's a Friday off the top of my head. Um, 
And then we're also always looking for folks for our grant committee. It is a really, really challenging position, but I will tell you it is what I would deem to be the most rewarding in our foundation as well. You have to be able to empathize while also being able to separate yourself a little bit because it can weigh very heavily on your heart if you're not able to, you know, kind of leave it at the door for lack of better terms. So that is a uh, position that we are always seeking. And we actually at this point in time are seeking some members for our board as well, people who would like to be involved at the higher level at a planning level, you know, there are um, many folks on our board who have been doing this for 15 some odd years and are just getting ready to take a little bit of a step back. So as, but they're of course not going to leave us. So as we're trying to, you know, retire some folks out, we need people to fill those seats as well. So there's certainly opportunity for anybody that's interested in getting involved at this point in time. So if people are in, interested in getting involved, how would they, how would they reach out to you? There's a contact us form on our website. I would suggest starting there and that will get routed to me and I'm happy to elaborate on any position that you might have additional interest in and speak with you further. How many volunteers do you guys have uh, normally involved? Oh, I would say a couple hundred in any given year. It depends on what it is. So our gala, you know, that's probably 50 or 60 volunteers right there. Our board is 12 people. We also have an uh, advisory council, which is another four people as well. So there's there's constantly events throughout the year that require different sets of volunteers. And um, some of them can be temporary, just a single day. And some of them are more uh, commitment, like our grant committee, for example. Those are the, the folks that work directly with the families to get them through the application process. That's more regular volunteering than somebody who's just volunteering at our gala. Yeah, I'm glad you kind of expounded upon that because I would think that there are a lot of different skill sets that you guys need in all the things that you do. So uh, if you're listening right now, you probably have a skill that you're really good mm -hmm. at that they could figure out a way, a way to employ, employ you in their organization to help people. Absolutely. If you can do it, we will take it, whatever it is. <laughs> I'm actually really glad that you said that, Colleen, because it made me think, uh, given the current state that we're in and with the pandemic, do you find yourself needing new and unique types of volunteers or is there something special that you guys are really needing right now to help your organization that you haven't in the past? Yeah, that's quite interesting. The pandemic has really opened up um, a different can of worms for us. You know, I've mentioned our gala a couple of times now. Um, that was unfortunately scheduled for, I think it was March 21st. So it was about five days after the world kind of shut down um, and we were forced to unfortunately cancel that. And where that is traumatic for us is that that event raises about 60% of our funds for the year. So without those funds, we can't help the same number of families to the same scale that we typically would. So that has caused a unique um, issue in itself. We are charging forward with our golf outing, which will be in August since that's outdoors. And we feel that we can confidently and safely keep our attendees um, both involved and safe at the same time. And who? how can people who need help find you? There's a, an applying section on our website as well that will give you the information that you need, but you do need to start the process with your hospital social worker or hospital representative. So um, we are very intimately close with many of them across the state of Michigan. We don't just cover Metro Detroit. We do all the way up to you know Grand Rapids and beyond. Uh, we've, we've helped many people up in the Traverse City area as well. So the entire state of Michigan can be served by our foundation. Um, so we've got quite strong relationships with all of the different social workers and nurse navigators, and they can help the applicants get through the process. 
Well, Debbie, we really appreciate what you and your hundreds and hundreds of volunteers do to help people, especially knowing that so much of what is provided to your organization goes right to help people and help them through such a terrible situation. So thank you so much for joining us today and uh, helping us understand the great things that Angels of Hope does. Thank you so much for having us. We really appreciate it, and we wish you the blessed, most blessed of days. This has been Light Up the D, a production of iHeartMedia Detroit. If you have an organization or cause that you'd like to get on the air, email Colleen Grant at iHeartMedia.com. Thanks for listening. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.